Welcome to the Abundance Hub podcast. My name is Jessica Shembury. As an empowerment coach, mentor, and speaker, I'm dedicated to helping people learn how to live authentically in alignment with their values. I truly believe that everyone is capable of greatness. If you are looking for an honest and refreshingly down-to-earth podcast that can help you become the best version of yourself, you have come to the right place. Think of this podcast as your go-to weekly dose of mindset development. Get ready to feel empowered because the tools and strategies I'm sharing will absolutely change the way you think. Please visit theabundancehub.com to read more about my offerings and subscribe to receive a free gift straight to your inbox. Thank you so much for pushing play today. Let's begin. Hey everyone, thank you so much for joining me again today. I'm super, super excited today because I have some of my favorite people in the world joining us. They are my first ever podcast guests, which is super awesome. And um, Mitch and Mills from MJB Seminars are my personal coaches and I've known them now for about, about a year, but I've known of them for about three years. And I wanted to get some people onto the podcast that can add a lot of value for you guys. The reason that I have chosen to have Mitch and Mills on today is number one, because if you think I do well at delivering content, these guys just trump me a million times over. They have tons more, um, they have tons and tons more research behind them and experience behind them, which is why I value them as my coaches. But At first, I wanted to kind of let you guys know how we met and how I came across them and a little bit of a funny story because last week I talked to you guys on episode number eight about how I had a breakthrough moment on a plane coming back from a conference and it was actually a conference in Perth and the person who spoke that kind of triggered this breakthrough to start bubbling up inside me was actually Mitch. He probably doesn't even know this, so now you get to hear all about it. <laughs> You'll have to listen to my podcast. <laughs> um, but So this is a really cool way for me to kind of follow up on the story from last week. And if you haven't heard it, please go check out number podcast number eight. But um, when I originally heard about Mission Mills, I was going to attend one of their seminars in person, which they hold around Australia, called Mastermind and Money. And I think it was, I I bought like an early bird special and I think it was under $50 or something crazy like that. And I remember because I decided, even though I'd bought it because it was so cheap, I actually decided not to go the first time I bought the ticket, Um, which was now looking back was so ridiculous because, because I didn't value myself enough to go number one. But I also thought, oh, well, it's not a lot of money, so I just won't bother to go. Like it's, I'm not losing anything. But really what I was losing, I had absolutely no idea how much I'd lost by not attending that, that couple of days the year earlier than what I actually ended up doing it. Um, and then it was, would have been about, gosh, I think it was maybe not even nine or ten months ago that I actually finally went to Mastermind and Money on the Gold Coast with Mitch and Mills And again, when I attended that seminar, I was like, I might just go to the first day and I might not go to the second day because it's school, school fate or something like that was on. And I remember in my mind just kind of thinking, it's cool. I'll just get what I can get. 
Um, I think a lot of the reasons that I that I did have that feeling, I knew that what these guys were going to deliver to me was going to be incredible. I had tons and tons of friends, and I think I've spoken about this in my previous podcast as well, but lots and lots of friends who had been to Mitch and Mills seminars and gone, you just have to do it. You just have to go and see them. You need to learn the wealth principles. You need to get to one of these events. And I kept hearing people telling me that. And if you guys can probably relate, anyone listening can relate. When someone you know really well tells you, you've got to go do this. And But for some reason, you just don't. And I think a lot of that comes down to your own self-worth, right? So for some reason... You tell yourself, you know what, maybe, maybe I just, maybe they're, they're good and they'll get a lot out of it, but maybe I won't. Or maybe I'm not ready for the information. Or you, you kind of, you, I think for me what happened, especially in the past, was I kind of thought I'd probably go, but whatever the effect it had on someone else, it wouldn't have on me. Um, and so a lot of people can probably relate to that. But when I finally did, you know, get out of my own way and attend, I think I'd been sitting in the seminar for maybe 20 minutes and I remember texting Ryan and saying like holy shit this is like I've already learned like it's fucking incredible I just couldn't believe the information that these guys gave me and us in 20 minutes I've, I've written all these pages of notes and that was really a pinnacle moment or a pinnacle weekend for me that you know pushed me forward into such a more fulfilling life and so long story short after attending that seminar, I did learn how to start managing my money better. But more importantly, I learned that my self-worth needed to go up a few notches and I needed to work really, really hard on that. And so that has really been my mission in life for the last, you know, nine months, but probably really for the last few years I've been working on it. But these guys were the people that really helped me really get past all the bullshit and actually see my self-worth for what it was. Um, it's a constant thing. It's not something like you do a seminar and then poof, you feel good and you're on your way and life is all, you know, rainbows and, and unicorns, but you know, surrounding yourself with the right people is really important. And so, um, thank you guys so much for joining us today on the podcast. I'm really, really grateful for you guys giving me your time and sharing with my gorgeous listeners. Um, I'm not sure if you guys knew that story that I never went to the first one or not. <laughs> no, I don't think I've heard that the, the funny thing is there's so many familiar stories, you know, because I, I think that um, first up, I just want to say, Jess, we're, we're very, very grateful to have this opportunity to speak to your people. And, you know, whenever we get on one of these uh, podcasts or any opportunity to broadcast to the world, we take it very seriously. And, and our objective is to make sure that we really, really, really blow the minds of your people here today. And that's what we want to do. So, and that kind of, it kind of leads into what you were talking about, which was, you know, when, when I started doing my, I started on my PD journey and um, I'm 47 years old now. When I started on my PD journey, it was 1990. And, you know, I, I'd sat with the likes of Deepak and Louise Hay and Wayne Dar and Neil Donald Walsh, the, the top metaphysicians in the world. And I was running around in my life and I was, I was, you know, I was, I had this keen interest in human development and personal development. And, you know, for the first time, it, the first audience I ever ended up in front of, the first speaker I ever ended up in front of was a guy named Michael Domenico Rowland. 
And he's an Australian guy, used to be a film producer and spent some time in India and came back and got on the speaker circuit. And what I'd realized listening to Michael was that, you know, for the first time, somebody was talking about what I'd naturally been thinking ever since I'd turned up in the world. I'd come from a very Catholic background as because I'm Irish Catholic uh, originally. And, um, so, but I just didn't get any of that stuff. And for the first time, it was like, wow, you know, somebody's actually talking about how the universe actually works. And for years, you know, people were always talking about getting it and, and how to get it and you got to get it. And, and, and I was hearing this for years and years and years. And I could have fed little Ethiopia with the amount of money that I had spent on human development until one day there came a point where, you know, I had got my life into such a mess and such a stress and that, you know, I, it was... Uh, it was do or die for me. I really needed to get it. And it was really only at that moment that the right teachers appeared. Does that make sense? Now, I knew that they were there. And they weren't the, the metaphysical superstars. They weren't, you know, the, the, the 5,000 people in an audience scenario. It was, you know, my first experience was 80 people in an audience. My first getting it moment was just me and a facilitator. And when I got it, it was absolutely, that was it. You know, every time I was doing PD work prior to that, I was doing PD work because I was trying to fix me or I thought something was broken in me. And then once I, once I had this experience, I realized that, you know, there was nothing broken. And I, I was doing things, I was educating myself now because... And it helped me live my top three values. It helped me to, I was educating myself because it helped me to be abundant and it helped me, you know, to travel the world and do the things that I love doing. Because for the first time in my life, I realized that I, there was nothing broken. And no matter what happened to me in my life, it was not designed for me to fit back into the world. But in actual fact, it, whatever happened to me was designed to get me to stand out and be the greatest example of a human being that I could be. And that's with every human being. And I think the same thing kind of happened with you. We, you know, we kick it around for a while and we hear about it. And then one day life goes, okay. I need to sit your ass down and you need to listen to what this is actually about. And so our objective when we get in front of an audience is, you know, like I said, I could have fed little Ethiopia with the amount of money I spent on human development. My objective now is that I appreciate that there are so many other things out there in the world that, that people can, uh, you know, can do. But our objective with people is that if you're going to be in front of us, you're going to be moved. And if you're going to be in front of us, you're going to walk out of there knowing exactly what it is you're here to do, why you're in the world, and what it is you need to do in order to get there, to get proper rubber on the road. And, and uh, you're, you're, I suppose you're uh, the outcome of, of one of those events where in mass amount of money, we sit a person's ass down and we tell it how it is. Listen, this is actually how it is. And, you know, we don't just tell it how it is. Our objective is to um, educate people in the field of uh, universal laws and principles, to let them know that life has got their back and to give them actual evidence, the actual science behind what transformation actually is. Because a lot of people talk the word transformation and you know, leave you with this ever elusive dangling carrot where for us it's about, no, we're not going to talk about it anymore. If you're going to end up in an audience with us, you're going to transform and that's how it is. Um, you know, it was, it's interesting to hear the story, Jess, you know, and... Um, to, you know, it, like Mitch said, it's very common that people uh, see opportunities and don't necessarily take them up and um, make excuses for them. And that that's a really good, it's really good for the listeners to hear because all of us do that. We all have excuses yeah. and we all have our reasons why we go, oh, I'm not going to attend because it's like it's it wasn't that expensive and whatever. But those excuses and those reasons are our what we use as our scapegoats for not getting ahead. We say, um, 
we say, well, look, I don't have the time or it wasn't that much money. But what we're really saying is I'm not worth it. I'm not worth um, spending that time for myself or I'm not worth spending that money and valuing the money that I've spent on myself. So we we play, and one of the biggest things in terms of um, money and the mindset around money are the, are, the, are the stories we tell ourselves and the excuses we tell ourselves for not getting ahead. And one of those, um, and those things are so um, ingrained in us and so um, powerful that we we give more credence to those stories than we do to our own inner voice mm. and we give more value to the to the excuses than we do to ourselves so it's easier for us to say oh I don't have the time or it was just not that expensive anyway but what we're doing is we're stunting our own growth based yeah. on a voice that is not um, that is not the truth of who we are because the truth of who we are we'll know that the reason we booked that ticket in the first place was because we knew that there was something in that. The reason that we agreed to do this thing over here was because we felt there was something in that, if that makes sense. So yeah. we, instead of listening to our own inner voice, we listen to the stories that we tell ourselves. And the other thing is, you know, people, I've just found over time that people are heavily invested in their short-term satisfaction. Oh, big, big, big thing. Yeah, which, well, which I was just going to say, I remember when um, when I had to ask mum and dad to take Scarlett to the fate um, the next day because I fully intended just to come to Saturday and you guys were like, there's a lot of people that aren't going to turn up tomorrow and I was like, that's another thing. Like, And a lot of people do ask me this and they might look from the outside and go, well, you seem to have really transformed in the last few years and things are changing for you and you seem successful and you seem like you've got it all together and and look up to me and I'm so grateful for that. But at the same time, I remember that being such a difficult thing because I felt almost like here I go again having to ask mum and dad to take my kids somewhere and I could feel the judgment from them as well. Um, and I remember at that moment, Mitch, like now looking back, it's completely what you're about to talk about, which is that long-term um, over the mm-hmm. short-term stuff because it would have just felt easier to just be the good mum. But really mm-hmm. by me showing up for myself and actually investing in my, you know, my family's future and, and in myself, that will pay me for the rest of my life, whereas that yeah. thing that I had to miss out on is, is so irrelevant now. But I, yeah. I could have easily created an excuse that was like, you know what, I just can't let her down, so I'll let myself down instead. Um, yes, and, we do, and you make that excuse even before you showed up. Yeah. Like you already created that scenario to escape before you show up. And so this short-term, long-term satisfaction is a really, really big thing in terms of creating wealth. And, it's, and, and you know, we, we, we um, uh, what's the word, compromise. We compromise our long-term vision for a short-term immediate gratification. And when we look at that, we're behaving like a child behaves. Because if you want an eight-year-old and you say to an eight-year-old, you can have a lolly now or you can have the same lolly tomorrow, they're never going to say I'll have it tomorrow. They're going to want it now because that 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 it's, it's ingrained in them to want that immediate gratification. So we're behaving like that child, in that childlike way of saying, no, I need that um, that fix of that short-term immediate stuff now rather than thinking about my long-term vision. Because when we're put under pressure, when, it, when a human cell is put under pressure, it behaves primitively. So when we're put under pressure, we behave like an eight-year-old and we go, no, no, no I want it now. And, and you succumb to that part of yourself which costs you. So short-term 
quick fix, quick gratification cost you, Absolutely. where a long-term vision pays you. And so when, when we go, okay, this is actually about me, this is about me being the greatest example of a human being that I can be for my children, the greatest example of a human being, and, you know, no better people to step in than your, your parents. And, you know, we, but the short-term primitive part of us doesn't want to understand that. It doesn't want to see that. And because it's, it, it doesn't have a concept of, of time. So, and that primitive part of our brain doesn't have a concept of time, like the more evolved part of our brain has. So a long-term vision pays you. When you're focused on your long-term vision and you realize, you know what, I'm here for another 40, 50 years. My objective is I've got, it's wise to get my financial situation into, in, in, into proper order. It's wise for me to be able to get, because when you're focusing on a long-term vision and you have things like money in the way, you will, you will, you will put your energy into, you know, not feeling you've got enough, as opposed to putting your energy into actually what the vision actually looks like. And this is one of the big reasons. Like a lot of people say to us, "Why do we focus a lot on money as one of our first keys and our first tools?" Our vision and our motto for our lives and for our business is everything to live life inspired. So we provide everything to help you to live an inspired life. Our vision is to help people to live an inspired life. In order to live an inspired life, you cannot have your vision uh, taken away from your inspiration, from the long-term plan that you have for yourself. And what happens when we get a bill come in or we get um, um, money stresses, our vision is skewed over to where the money problems are rather than our long-term vision. Now, if we have And, that, our, and our energy goes And there, our energy goes Goes there. into the short-term stuff. How do I pay the bills? How do I pay the bills? Well, what if we could get all of that out of the way? What if we could give you a system that makes sure you never have to worry about money again in the way in which you're worrying it? Because that it never, ever, ever gets in the way again. And but, that, was, that was part of our goal. Absolutely. Because then what we're doing is we're truly getting people to live an inspired life because they're following the inspiration. They're not getting deterred by things. Now, these money things, as much as when you feel like you don't have money, they feel insurmountable. I understand that. We've all been to that place. What we're saying is there is another place. There is a place that you can get to where your vision can be greater and where your vision is so great that you can put a system around your money so you never actually have to worry about money again. And when you do that, um, what happens is, is then you don't allow money to be the scapegoat for you not achieving your dreams. You never yeah, allow money to be a scapegoat for you not achieving your dreams because when you don't, um, what we're doing really is we're saying we don't have a vision that's bigger than the pettiness or the, or the, or the, the I mean, I say the word petty thing and I don't mean that it's small. I understand that these problems can be big when you're in that, in that space. But in comparison to a vision, there's a pettiness of having those those bills and the and the fines and all the bits and pieces that you've got to worry about. Right, right. So I, I think one of the important things that we find with people is that you know we're continuously saying to people, if you want to be able to get ahead in life, you have to be able to declare to life what it is you bring to the table. Because life, you know, people think, people wait for, for the world around them to declare their worth. And no one is responsible for declaring your worth. The only person that is responsible for declaring your worth is you. And so there is a, a method to actually declaring your worth. 
there is a, a there are processes that you can use in your life that allow you to actually declare your worth to the world and when you do this it, you know whatever your message is is picked up with inspiration and people want to participate people want to get involved they want to hang out with you they want to buy your product they want to buy your service so you've seen in your life that as you've you know through uh, doing your work Jess, which has just been, you know, inspiring to what you do. As you've managed to master your wealth and get it out of the way, your eminence has increased, your following has increased. People want to participate. They want to listen to you. They want to hang out with you. They want to spend time with you. Because suddenly, instead of running around trying to do everything except the right thing, you sat in an audience and realized, Jesus, these guys have made it simple for me to do the right thing. So guess what? I've nothing to lose. I'm just going to do the right thing. And that's what you've done. And I think that that's, that's commendable. And so as a result of that, Jess, I, I now see, because I follow you as well on Instagram, Facebook, I see that you're living your values. You know, we were just talking about it before we went live here that you're actually starting to really take back and remember who you were. And what happens is, is that when we take back and we remember who we were and we recognise these are the things that light me up, these are the things that uh, make me feel fulfilled, you don't want to let anything get in the way of um, when you have a taste of that, you don't want to let anything get in the way of you living that anymore. So one of the tips I'd like to give to your listeners about um uh, growing in terms of living your vision and living your um, uh, living your purpose is you have to do it in alignment with what you love. Mm-hmm. You cannot do it in alignment with things. It's like me reading a book. If I was to go and read, if someone was to hand me a book on motorcycles, the likelihood that I would get through that book is very slim because I don't have an affinity or a love of motorcycles. Yeah. But you give me a book that's aligned to um, personal development and personal growth, I am into that book and I will read it. Now, if I am trying to make a living on motorcycles when it's something that's not my value, I'm not going to achieve it. I'm going to find stumbling blocks along the way and every time I get um, a challenge of some sort, I will allow the challenge to overtake me because it's not in alignment with my values. Whereas if I'm trying to do something and I'm trying to live my life and my vision is in alignment with my values, which is for me it's about personal growth, it's about love and connection and about inspiring people to live their best lives. If we're talking about that and I'm I'm, I'm encountering a challenge in my life, then I will make sure that I am uh, pushing through that because this is in alignment with what I love. Yes? So we choose our life and we choose our... um, uh, our our challenge when we choose our challenges in accordance to our values, we get to step up, we get to move, we get to we get to grow. So our vision has to be aligned with our values. When our vision is aligned with our values, um, and our values just as a, just to keep it as simple as possible, our values are the things that are important to us. They're the things that make our hearts beat. There are things that make us shine and and come alive, and they're the things that make us feel like we're inspired and that comes from within not from without so when we can find our values and when we live in accordance to our values at that point we when we really truly find that we don't want to let anything get in the way of us living that especially money and on top of that especially ourselves did you have a question there Jessica? yeah no I was just going to say I think one of the the greatest things that I've learned in the last probably year or two and especially coming from you guys reinforcing all of these really great principles is that 
is that a lot of people, uh, this is the impression I get, and I think a lot of the people that are listening to this are, I've got a, probably a, a mixed following is probably a lot of mums, I think, and then some business owners. But I think most most women um, that follow me are mums or, or probably going to be one day, but most are. And I think for a lot of parents, especially women as, as, as mothers, they, they're like, well, I don't know if it's okay to be selfish enough to want all this stuff for myself, number one. I don't know what my values are. I don't feel comfortable saying my number one value isn't my family, um, which is definitely what I used to do. I used to be like, no, you know, my, my kids are my number one. And that's I, this is why I'm here put on earth now that I've had these babies. Um, one of my biggest transformations was when I was able to actually go through processes with you guys at Relationships and You, I think it was, at one of at one of your more extended workshop seminars, but, you know, actually realising that that those values were just things that I thought I should value at the top um, rather than just kind of, and the, big, the biggest lesson there for me was that, number one, yes, like you were saying, when you get that money situation sorted and when you just go, you know what, I'm going to listen to some people that know some good stuff, I'll follow a system, I'll finally get, get myself out of the way and just do what, what someone else is teaching me, um, number one, you don't have to worry about it. It gives me time to walk on the beach because I don't, I'm not stressing about things over here. It also helps by me getting all of that in order and knowing what my values are, what it's done is it's helped me have so much more drive for my career. And I think that some people, especially some mums, might go, well, I don't really have drive for career. But what I found, it doesn't matter if you're doing something like I do or if you're just working the job to get, you know, to get the bills paid and, and it might not inspire, the physical job might not inspire you, but knowing what your values are and having a long-term vision means that you are inspired going to that job because you're getting all these rewards like coming left, right and centre at you because you're showing up for yourself in alignment with values and financially and all those things. So yeah, knowing what your true values are is just so, so, so important. And it does open up the opportunity to have beautiful days every single day instead of just looking yeah. forward to stuff, you know? I think, I think, I mean, I'd, I'd like to talk to the parents out there. I think it's a good idea, yeah. This is probably a, a good lead into this. That one of the greatest things that you can teach a child is self-worth. And you have to understand that your children are watching what you do. They do everything that you do. And so they, they mimic you. And um, so you have to understand that the, if you want to teach your child self-worth, you can't teach them by having low self-worth. You have to teach your child by having high self-worth. So when a parent puts their child first, what it does is it means that the parent straight away makes the child more important than them. That immediately instills into the child that as they go through their lives, they have to make other people more important than them. So then what happens is the parent hits about 12, 13, 14 with the kid and can see that the child is suffering from low self-worth. But the kid looks at the parents and goes, well, you know, had no self-worth. You, you made me more important than you. So, and then the kid feels indebted. The kid grows up feeling like, oh my God, I, 
I feel as if I owe you. I feel as if you gave up everything for me and there's nothing I could ever do to pay you back. So what's the point in even trying? So then what happens for the child is that they just give up and they just sit straight back into that lineage of low self-worth because mommy had no self-worth, mommy's mommy had no self-worth, mommy's mommy's mommy had no self-worth, and it just becomes a lineage. So you have to understand where I'm just talking to them. I'm talking to the mums now. The feminine energy is the dominant energy here. This is called mother nature. It's not called father nature. The feminine energy is the dominant is the dominant energy here. And the feminine energy being the dominant energy means, what I, what I mean by that is if you've got any beehive on the planet, the, the pr- proportion of female bees to male bees is 1 is to 1.618. You pick up any seashell off the beach, its ventricles grow in size by the proportion of 1 is to 1.618. So the feminine energy is the dominant energy here by the proportion of 1 is to 1.618. Now, that's an actual figure. That's a science. It's called the golden rule, the golden ratio. And we call it mother nature because the feminine energy is the dominant energy. So as the, if the feminine energy is the dominant energy, if we want to instill self-worth into our children, we have to step up into that energy, male or female. You've got the masculine has to own their feminine side. The feminine has to own their masculine side. You have to be able to have equanimity and balance in both and understand that you play both parts and both, both pieces for the child. But on top of this, when you own all of yourself and you step up into that, you encourage the child to do the same thing because they do what you do, not what you say. What you say, if you, what you say is contradictory to what you do, then you just become a hypocrite to the child. And later on, that creates conflict. And conflict only comes about when there's a conflict of interests inside of the child. So it is very, very important, especially for the mums out there and the dads, both of you, to make sure that number one is you. You must put yourself first and foremost, and then whatever order of importance you have after that is entirely up to you. But number one always has to be you. And when you put yourself first, you encourage your children to do the same thing. And if you're not doing that, and that creates conflict, as I say to you, it is because you're coming from a lineage of low self-worth within the family. And perhaps you've been on the other end of this podcast, this is perhaps the time where you get to sever that lineage, where you get to be the human being that actually breaks that cycle within the family. Absolutely. So, you know, you cannot give from an empty well. If I don't give to myself and I'm, as a, as a human being, I know the things that I need to do in order to fill my own cup. If my cup is full and I, I don't have children of my own, but I have plenty of children around me, it doesn't matter if my cup is empty, it doesn't matter how much I'm there physically with the kids. I'm not there. I cannot give them anything because I my own cup is not full. So you cannot give from an empty well. This does not mean that your children don't need you. Of course they do. But when you give to yourself first, you can present and and, and uh, be present with the kids more because you've given to yourself first, because you have not shrunk in order to them make them feel more important. Because what you do is that you create that self-worth lineage because your kids then grow up and do the same thing because that's how that's what they've been taught so and it's this is compassionate or um to be connected with your kids when you feel resentment because you're missing out on your life because you happen to choose to have children um i yeah. used to say scarlet moved into my life i didn't move into hers um yeah. and my mum once i think said to me that's not a very nice thing to say and i'm like it's true though because you know, I'm very blessed to have my children, but it, do, it can make a lot of parents uncomfortable, the thought of 
of saying, no, I come first. It's, it's, it's not a, it doesn't come naturally to a lot of people because, like you're saying, the lineage is there. It's a taught thing, right? No, you've yeah. made sacrifices for your children. The children owe me now because I've, I've resented them my whole life because all I've ever done is looked after them and not myself. And that's, that's leading to these unfulfilled lives, these people who feel like they'll get to their mid-30s, 40s, don't know what the hell they're doing, don't know where they're going. Um, and wonder why they're unhappy, even though there's nothing physically wrong, you know, and that's something yeah. I do with a lot. I'm like, there's not, you don't, something doesn't have to be wrong for you to be unhappy. You don't have to have yeah. had a really big tragedy, but that missing link is value. It's valuing yourself as much as you would put your children first. You have to put yourself first. Absolutely. Because, yeah. because ultimately it's the greatest thing you can teach a child. It's the, the greatest thing. So they, but, but self-worth is something that they learn from you by you valuing yourself first. You don't want to get to your teenage years with your kids and have the conflict. And then you don't want to watch them get into their 20s and feel lost and unfulfilled because they feel indebted. There's a debt that occurs. When you're doing everything for your children, there is an emotional debt occurs inside of the kids. And then eventually they'll get to a point that they feel they can never pay you back for what you did. So what's the point? Why should I even try? So they give up. And then, and then that becomes the cycle. So I think that what's happening in the world today is we're, we're now coming to realize that and we're now coming to realize that there's a responsibility in breaking that lineage. And I challenge any of your listeners, uh, Jess, to have a think. If, if they can recognize that they're doing it and they've made all their lives about the kids, which of the kids, which of their kids at this moment yeah. is struggling? Which of their kids is vibrating, is, is feeling the weight of them making their, like to really have a look to see which of the kids is really feeling the weight of them um, making their lives all about the children. So I, just, just, to, just to finish up on that, it's very important then to understand your own values because when you understand your own values and you live your values, you can give of yourself even more and your children have a greater experience of life as a result of you having a greater experience of life. So people sometimes say at this point, well, I don't, I don't know what I value anymore. I don't, and this is a really good point to be in. It's a really good point. You know, I don't know what I value anymore or I value my kids or I value my family. Well, when you're looking at what you value and what you love, you've got to think about before the children turned up, what were the things that you did that you gave up on when the kids turned up? Was it that you hung out with your parents? Was it that you went out with your buddies on a Friday night? Was it that you went to the salon? Was it that you exercised? Go back to doing those things. They were the things that you loved. They were the things, they're the reason why you, the children ended up in your life in the first place. You must do what you love and show the kids how to bring love into their own lives. The other thing is, is that you might have um, listeners who don't have kids, like you said, and maybe in relationships. And oftentimes we also give up our values for our partners. Mm. And we think that we need to be a certain person and we um, uh, suppress what we love in order to be in the relationship. The relationships grow when you can fully be yourself, when there's two people in the relationship, you can both fully be yourself and there's parts of you that are independent of the relationship. You are not your relationship. There are things that as a couple you share together mm. but there are things that you ha have and love independently. So I suppose in terms of what we've been talking about today, this whole um, uh, short-term, long-term thing is really, really heavily dependent on your values. It's really heavily dependent on you knowing who you, who you are um, and knowing what you love and what's important to you. So I know for me, 
I, what I value most above everything else is connection. And if I feel like I'm getting through my world in some, like if I've gone a day or two days and I feel like I'm not getting connection in some way, I firstly have to look to see where I found it or I have to engage in activities that allow me to feel that again. Um, and I have to know, this is about me knowing what brings that back into my world. And I and for your people and for your uh, parents or for people who haven't got their values or who aren't living those in a day-to-day um, way, it doesn't have to be that you spend a week away from your child in order to do that because especially if you've got a young baby, that's not going to be practical. It's about doing five minutes a day, ten minutes a day, half an hour a day, moving it into an hour or two and three hours a day, what have you, where you can just do something that lights you up, that is not dependent on a partner, that's not dependent on a child, and it can start small. And for some people, literally, it's about waking up five, ten minutes before their children wake up so that they can get that time for themselves, whether that's to meditate, whether it's to go sit out by themselves, whether it's to listen to music, whether it's to go for a walk, whatever it happens to to be that it's five minutes or it's 10 minutes and you build up over time so that you can start to bring yourself back into you. Well, yeah. I just yeah. hit so many nails on the head just then, Mills, because I was just thinking uh, after I attended all of the stuff that I've been doing with you guys and really sewed into myself, I got my wealth principles in order and I made an account because my, my top values include fun and connection and travel. So um, I, I, I call it cabin fever. Like Scarlett was sick a few weeks, a uh, few days, like last week actually. And I couldn't really leave the house because she was in bed and Ryan wasn't here. And so I was like, someone needs to come here now. I, I need, I need my friends because I was getting cabin fever because connection is one of my highest values. Um, and so is yeah. fun. But when I got my wealth principles in order, I aligned them also with the values and I created a, an account, which helps me go to music festivals and things like that because it's something that I stopped doing after I had kids. I said, I'm too old, like it's irresponsible, um, you know, Ryan doesn't like going to music festivals, so I'll stop going. Whereas now... Were you at the Eminem concert recently? Well, I, I was, I've, I've got Eminem, I went to Rufus, I think I'm going to go to Post Malone, I'm planning for Coachella next year. Um, right to India, you know, so many different things. We've got Santorini. There's just so many things that have come into our life because especially for me, I've just realised what I value and then I've I've gone about using the wealth principles in order to make those things happen. Um, and so, you know, even now Scarlett, my seven-year-old, is starting to think she might like to go to a music festival because she personally loves Rufus as well and she's like, why couldn't you have taken me? And, you know, so what that's done is come full circle. It's then I've put myself first, but it's actually created more connection with my children than I well, especially Scarlett because Leo's a bit young for, for much conversation yet. But, um, but it's created a bigger connection between Scarlett and I by me showing up as my best version and doing the things I love. So because she thinks yeah. you do those things, yeah. right? So then she gets inspired by that. And an, and another point that I've picked up from what you said is that you can you can you've got two options, Jess. You can use money as your excuse for not living your life. 
yeah. or you can use money as the tool for you living your life. And the only way that you can do that is if you're clear with your values. And when you're clear with your values, you would, um, and, and, and therefore you have a vision for what you would love your life to feel like, what you would love your life to look like, you can that, then start to implement things to actually make that a, a reality in your life. The other thing is, just the same energy that is put in yes. to living a poverty mentality is exactly the same energy that's put into building an abundant mentality. Mm. And our objective right from the beginning was to make that as simple as possible for people to be able to actually master their wealth and to make it fun and understandable and relatable so that it was just a no-brainer. And because we, we came from a, poverty, a lineage of poverty mentality, we came from that stuff. And then, you know, coming into the world, there was, you know, there were, I was watching people around me, you know, travel all over the world, go to festivals, you know, buy the cars that they wanted, be able to dream big, be able to, you know, educate their kids properly. And then I realized, you know, if there's no difference between them and me, except that these people are following a system. And then we spent their time researching right back through um, for millennia, and, and write great books of wealth, great books of the Western world, and mapping out, okay, what is the common thread amongst all wealthy people? And how do we get that common thread out to the masses, which is what we've been doing. And you're, again, I suppose you're just another one of, you're another one of those people that have taken that and sat down and realized, you know, this is a common, this is a message for everyday people that you do, you're in a world, like I live, we live in West Australia we now, it's the same that's the thing. Yeah, that yeah, that's the Everyone's thing. the same. Yeah, yeah. Then we're everyday people. We live in, like we live in West Australia here, you know, and it is it is literally the mecca for mining in the world. It is the the Silicon Valley of mining. Everything major that happens in mining in this on this planet happens here in West Australia. There is so much wealth here; it is unbelievable. But there is a massive proportion of people that live just below the poverty line. I watch men traveling, you know, flying in three, three months or three weeks in, one week off, three weeks in, one week off, and they've no life for a wage packet. So they've sold out their dreams and aspirations for a wage, wage packet. They've sold out their relationship with their children for a wage packet, which is just disgusting that we allow it to happen. It doesn't have to be that way. If you stop and follow the system, you free yourself of all of that. And it's simple, understandable, relatable. In fact, my, your kids can follow it. It's a no-brainer. It's about having that vision. It's about having the long-term vision yeah. that you want to have that in your life. You yeah. know what I mean? Because people think that having that long-term vision um, means that they give up that short-term satisfaction and it's actually the opposite way around. When you have a short, when, you, when you're trying to get that immediate gratification, you definitely miss out on your long-term vision because a short-term satisfaction costs you. But when you have a long-term vision, you have to get those short-term fixes along the way. It's just that where you're focusing is not on those fixes. Those fixes, those little things are as a part of a larger whole as opposed to the, um, you know, the be-all and end-all every step of the way. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I hope that's... Um, that yeah, no, it's been amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think the message and I, guys, I've got to tell you, we we tried to rehearse this, but I'm so happy that it just it it um, it kind of flowed out of us just perfectly. Um, I love that there was lots of different little things that people can pick up. But I think for me, my message to everyone is that you know we are all the same and we all have tools that we can access, and and that's why I wanted to bring you guys on is because. Um, if you can't get to, to see MJB seminars, Mitch and Mills in person, you can actually now get their online education, which is called Transform Your Wealth. And I have a link in my Instagram profile for them because that's how much I love you guys. And, 
And the thing is, it doesn't matter if you earn $400 a week or $40,000 a week, you can make these principles a part of your life. You can start small, but the biggest message to anyone, and this isn't just about wealth, this is about everything, is you need to take one step forward every day. You know, I it took me ages to get my head around what, what I needed to do to get this in order. And there were so many times when I, I slipped back into I'm not good enough mode, self-doubt mode. Maybe it's not for me. Maybe if I do it half, was half what they tell me, maybe that'll do it. Um, and I wake up often and think today's not my day. I'm not feeling my best. I can't show up the way I want to show up. But if you're just taking one little step forward every single day, the thing is, is that we are in a world now where information's at our fingertips. Like years ago, our parents would have never got to listen to a podcast like this that's just given them all this amazing information for free, you know, and now we just have it handed to us on a silver platter. So the difference is you either just stop, just listen to it and then go and do nothing or you listen to it and you go, you know what, I think they might be onto something. Maybe I'll do something about this whether it's, you know, following some advice that we give you or just going and researching your own stuff, showing up for yourself is key. It doesn't matter who you are. You have the opportunity to do it every single day. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. So thank you guys so much. I greatly appreciate you. And we, we may have to get you on again. I'm, I'm sure everyone's gonna, going to be sharing. So make sure you find these guys on Instagram and Facebook. They have their own podcast as well. Dorothy and the dealer, um, give them a tag. If you're listening to podcast number nine from the Abundance Hub, um, give MJB a tag as well because, you know, sharing the love is what it's all about. And trust me, guys, when you tap into some good stuff, you want your friends and your family to know about it because you want everyone to live the abundant life that you've been able to create for yourself. So thanks so much, guys. Heaps and heaps of love to you. Our pleasure, our pleasure, our pleasure. We've loved it. Thank you to all your listeners as well for listening. We really Uh, appreciate it. Awesome. Check back soon. Bye. Bye. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Abundance Hub podcast. Please screenshot and share it with your friends because living abundantly means sharing things you love with the people around you. If you post on social media, make sure you use hashtag theabundancehub. And if you'd like to help us, please rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts. It really helps me get the message out to more people. Congratulations on taking time to invest in yourself today.